Hello, folks, and good afternoon. Welcome back to another volume. Oh, that's actually on point for today. Volume of Magic Financial Aid Podcast. I'm joined by the illustrious Morgan Wentworth. Morgan, happy to have you. Howdy. Glad to be here. Welcome back. Yeah, we're we're here. We're in there. Um, so I'll just get right to it. We've we have some news. Uh, the the anticipated secret lair drop during Worlds was just released, like pretty much momentarily before we started talking. Um, maybe about twenty minutes, half an hour or so. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, Morgan attended PT Phoenix. And um, we'd love to hear your experience there, Morgan. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Pioneer, the format. The, this was kind of a a event that was a series of events that really showcased Pioneer on the highest level. So we'd love to hear your experiences there, what you've heard, what you've seen, how how you feel Pioneer um, is doing as a as a format, its health, um, and then. Um, we'll talk about secret layer stuff, and we have some really good questions that we'd like to get to. So a lot to talk about. Uh, let's just jump right in. All right. So uh, PT Phoenix was pretty fun to watch. I, ooh, I I liked going. I got to talk to a few people. I got to talk to some vendors that were also at the whole Magic Fest plus Phoenix deal, which was pretty great. So uh, a few things about the format. Thoughtseize is agreed to be the best card in the format, which I don't think should surprise anyone, just given the way that the most heavily played deck of the format is a combo deck. So Thoughtseize is a big part of both combating that and also because it's a black-based combo deck or a blue-black combo deck, also, it's a great tool for that deck. So that's that's one thing. Um, I When I was there, I talked to a few people who were playing not Inverter as well. Uh, what Because, like, you know, you got to talk to not Inverter. Uh, but they were... So I, I talked to a couple of people on Mono Black. And they liked Mono Black because it had the combination of the disruption via Thoughtseize and um, other options and the aggressive potentials for aggressive starts with their just like big, well, relatively efficient creatures, um, as well as the consistent mana base. So some people were on Mono Black to kind of try and aggro out the combo decks. Uh, I talked to one of my friends was playing the Saltide Delve deck, and he was saying that he basically just picked up a list online, and he didn't make any changes to it because the list was from a well-known deck builder, but he wished that he had made like six or seven cuts to it to make it more streamlined, Um, but he liked the deck overall. I talked to a couple of people who were convinced that Spirits was the deck that weekend. Uh, did not turn out to be the case for them, but uh, people are pretty excited about Spirits as well. Yeah, we. I think really the story of uh, PT Phoenix um, and sorry, I'm I'm blanking on the other event. I had it like literally right in front of me. Magic Fest uh, Phoenix. Yeah, so we had GP and then Magic Fest. Sorry, um, I, I think the the overwhelming storyline is 
inverter. Um, folks are really talking about a multitude of combo lists now have kind of taken over the format, and every time they do, it's just like a wildly uh, skewed high percentage um, part of the meta. And I don't know, like it, it's starting to become like when does this kind of stop? Why did and and it raises a couple of really concerning questions, like why did they stop the the highly curated and very um, you know, to put this format under a microscope and, and kind of remove problematic cards as swiftly as they did, because it just seems like this is going to going to be an ongoing theme until most, if not all, of the problematic cards, such as Inverter, or, or it, it really is an Inverter, it's Thassa's Oracle. Um, I really want folks to be able to make that distinction. Um, Inverter was a, a mythic that would have never seen the light of day uh, without Thassa's Oracle. Um, Underworld Breach, most of these cards would have never been played in any certain order without Underworld Breach. So it's just like these engines that keep on cropping up and, and breaking the format. And I, I just don't know. Like Pioneer really, like the idea of Pioneer when they first released it, uh, the premise was really great. Um, and And while things were going to taper off a little bit, I, I did not expect a format that has largely a lot of the recent formats or the recent sets rather the last few years to really go this direction. So I'm kind of concerned. Um, I, I was really optimistic about pioneer. I loved like what pioneer represented. I loved that it existed and they decided to, you know, go ahead and create this format because it was pretty much time to do that. Um, but now it's like, you know, is this, is this, is this format just going to end up as like another derivative of modern where there's just times where it's almost unplayable? I mean, that's happened to all of the formats recently. That is true. Because I've like, we've seen standard go from unplayable to the best to unplayable again. And mm -hmm. it's kind of just like, you know, why, why should you expect Pioneer to be any different? That being said, Pioneer uh, is mostly driven by an oppressive combo versus standard. It was basically like Teferi or Teferi or Nexus is just not fun to play against. So it was kind of a different experience with that. Um, and like even when Twin got banned and when Birthing Pod got banned, those were, I didn't think that they were unfun to play against. I liked that my modern format. Uh, what did you think? I don't know. Like, uh, I I'm kind of glad that it, it, in some ways, it's back, so to speak. But you know, then <laughs> the funny thing is, is like what what players want, they receive it, and then they don't want it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like they're already over it. Like, oh, we've we've been wanting twin, and we've been wanting these things like for so long, and then they get said things, and it's like, uh, we don't really want this actually. Yeah, yeah. I th I just think that there's always going to be the potential for combos. Like, uh, one of my friends is completely out of legacy because it's just too powerful at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's always going to be something that can interact with something from a set five years before that nobody took into account when they were creating that card. Um, 
And I think that the solutions are either make the combos fun or get rid yeah. of the combos from the format more quickly. Right. Make you work for the for the combos. I mean, they they legitimately got rid of Sahili Cat because of this reason. It was too accessible. It was too easy to pull off. And then Inverter comes around and, you know, I, I feel like it just kind of has to go. At the very least, I feel like Breach, there's things that you have to be doing. It's kind of, there's a lot of mechanics involved. Inverter's just legitimately a two-card combo. So I'm okay with that. I And I'm okay with combo decks. I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I did not envision Pioneer going this direction. I really did not. Um, and sorry, it was PT, Nagoya, and Brussels. I don't know why those, those were not showing up. They weren't that long ago, but what um, what site I mean, were you on? Because if you were on the Magic Sport site, I would not blame you for not. Yeah, those. I was on Aether Hub actually, and it kind of got like buried, but they like kind of dump everything in there from preliminaries to challenges. So I had to like deep dive on that one. Um, I mean, inverter, inverter, and then it kind of switched it up a little bit at Nagoya. You know, oh Nagoya was bad. It was one, two, three, four, five out of eight. Um, then Phoenix four, five out of eight. Um, and then Brussels was one out of eight. So I don't know. It just, I don't know what they're going to do with this format. So it, it, it prompted me to, and actually it was a kind of a discussion in our discord, um, talking about modern and I kind of threw it out there. There wasn't a lot of votes, um, but it was split 50, 50, which I was kind of surprised about, you know, what do, what do you all feel about Modern right now? Because uh, largely, I felt like maybe a lot of players would kind of just, oh, it's pretty much going the way of Legacy. Pioneer's kind of like the new Modern. Let's all get into that. Um, at the very least, I feel better that maybe Modern can be fixed. And when it is in a good state, we have this kind of three set or three format trinity here, uh, much like Legacy used to be, where you can kind of jump into any f uh, format when the others are faltering, but I don't know. It doesn't even feel like from what the, the responses I received, um, it doesn't even feel like modern is in a good spot. If it makes you feel better, I think standard is in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah. I like standard. So it's fine. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I think that standard being the most accessible quote unquote best format is not actually a terrible thing. Oh yeah. Um, it's fine. That being said, there were like a majority of the decks in the like 23 plus points from players for Phoenix were Lotus breach or inverter. Yeah. Worlds is going on right now. And you're absolutely right. At least standard, you kind of have this really nice set of, of archetypes to kind of follow. Um, there's a little bit of room for everything. So that's actually great. So maybe it's just standard right now, as much as folks, um, have not liked standard of late, but standards in a really good spot. Like you said, yeah, I'm and just I think, concerned with pioneer. I don't know. I think that it's nice that we are taking a look at something other than pioneer for a little bit, because on Twitter, whose take was it? Where it was like, no, it was on his stream. So Andre Mangucci was talking about how, um, standards great right now because pros haven't been trying to break it because they've been working on the player tour. So <laughs> I'm interested to see where that ends up after the world championship. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, there was another take. I, I forget who specifically said it. Um, 
it was like retweeted into my timeline about specifically Pioneer Lake. This format, you just play the broken archetype until it's gone. Like, and I just don't think that's a really good place for a format to be sitting right now. Yeah, especially when you're looking at maybe, you know, 2% of your player base having access to any deck in the format at any given time. Um, because they have access to, like, friends who own the decks or just, like, stores who will ship them the deck to use at whatever tournament they need. Versus people like me, for example, who... If I need to build a deck, I start from the ground up, and then that's the deck that I have. That all of my resources have gone into it. Yeah, I, I like the long-term outlook of the format. I, I just feel like it still needs a lot of work, which I don't know why they decided to kind of pull back and let things play out too quick. You know, it felt a little too quick. Um, speaking of the long-term health, like you, you mentioned, you talked to a lot of vendors. Are are vendors? looking to keep pioneer staples and and singles stocked or they really were just buying what was actually played and they didn't really uh they weren't really into buying aggressively into this form. vendors were pretty cautious about buying things it was more like they were they were more yep. selling the stuff that they had and weren't buying nearly as mm. much like the inverter price just kept dropping throughout the weekend Oh, that is concerning. It's kind of what I feared. I mean, I guess inverter isn't really a great uh, bellwether for the for the price yeah. of modern uh, or pioneer staples because, like, if you're a vendor at that event and you see how dominant it is, you're gonna assume that it's going to get the axe sooner rather than later. Um, but. It's interesting how Pioneer affects vendors because a lot of these people were talking about how the only cards that people were really looking for to buy that weekend were all of the stupid commons and uncommons that were in the new build of Lotus Breach. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really well, it's it's why I specifically phrased and, and asked that. Um, it's good that you got that info because it still shows and it's very telling to us and as players that are looking to jump into Pioneer that um, it seems like we're still in a wait and see and very cautious phase of this. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. And especially because, you know, it's not even like, oh, yeah, you know, we kind of want to stock like, you know, certain mythics. We want to stock certain rares. No, it was specifically like we need common we need to be buying and selling commons hidden like, strings hidden, hidden strings hidden yeah. strings like, was the card of the weekend yeah and, and that's really telling um for for individuals that are are interested in especially vendors so i appreciate you sharing with that or sharing that with us morgan yeah and if uh people were on the event coverage site i <laughs> tried to do like some quick summaries while i was working I'm going to be at Magic Fest Detroit in a month, speaking of standard. And uh, hopefully I'll have a lot more time because I won't be working that event to get some, to, to like do some really good information gathering, which I'm very excited about. Great. So we'll see where the format ends up. Um, I'm in agreement with you. Thoughtseize is just as important as ever. And um, I don't know. It really just seems to me that if I if I want to be owning anything, it's other engine and staple cards or uh, combo cards. Because even if 
inverter or, or breach or whatever or oracle or all of them get removed it feels like just the next combo deck up that folks were trying to play like Kethis or soul flayer or something like that yeah and it really does emphasize the importance of keeping an eye on spoilers when you are trying to predict what the next best deck in pioneer is going to be because it's likely that it's just the combo deck that hasn't gotten banned yet because the card was just released yeah Okay, uh, we are going to move along to the announcement that was literally just dropped into our lap uh, for, for today during Worlds. Uh, so, Morgan, we have a new round of Secret Lair. Five drops and a bundle. Um, and for this particular Secret Lair, we have five different volumes. Uh, it's like why I made the pun earlier. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um we have all of the Theros gods, um, not well, including the most recent, but also um, some familiar faces in Iroas. Does it uh, have the most Fermenta. recent ones? Does, is it using think, the old version of Thassa? That's what I thought. No, no, yeah, it's really? the new version. Huh, that's weird and redundant. But anyway, go on. Yeah, the others are. Oh wait, is that even? Oh, okay, so uh, Athreos is not the six-mana version. But yeah, all the Marquis, uh, Erebos, um, Thassa, Heliod are all of the new versions. While, you know, you have Phanax or Phanax or whatever. Uh, Karanos, Mogus, Xenagos, Farika all are returning. So 15 in total, split up into five volumes. So three to each volume. We did not see the... You get a theme sleeve like before... Um, and then the bundle for one forty nine ninety nine, plus shipping. Yeah. So okay. So it's all of, it's all original Theros gods confirmed. Thank you, chat. Um, and it's just so it's a little less redundant than I was thinking, which is good because it would have been a real bummer to have the original uh, five Theros monocolored gods get left out in favor of the new gods, which already have the constellation printings. Uh, so I just think, I don't know. I'm already tired of secret layer. Yeah. I love this product and I'm, I'm very, it's kind of unfortunate to see where this went. Um, in such a short amount of time, I really do hope that. And again, I really want to preface this again. I love this product. I'm not trying to be negative here. But this is exactly why I said what I need to say. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to correct myself. Um, they are the original five. Sorry. They look the same. I can't. I'm like trying to pull up the pictures. They look the same. It's at a pretty rude glance. of you to say that they look the same. Well, I mean, the the ability. I meant just like the card. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I. It's so bad. Like, I should have known that Nylea, like was a 6-6 six, six the first time. That is terrible. I am so bad. Um. I don't know. Like, this is exactly why I said what I said. I firstly, and you made a great point, so I'll let you make it for the cast. Um, but we legitimately have now basically less than 24 hours notice. Like they released this, so we have the um end of Friday, up until the end of Friday, um, Saturday, Sunday, and then they're gone. And I, I just feel like we had a set precedent of how they these were supposed to be released. Um, now, I, I apparently, from what I'm told, that they said that they might mix it up. I, okay, I, I really wish that they didn't do that. Um, but 
you know, and then that they parse these out. You have the bundle, 24 hours. Then the next, you know, one offset, 24 hours. And the next one offset, 24 hours. It gives folks and individuals more time to first, A, make a decision, and it's not impulsive. B, it you can kind of pick and choose what you want to what you want to buy and it gives you more time to you know have the funds to be able to do so i just don't like that folks are going to feel omitted players are going to feel omitted because you know you drop this on you know whatever valentine's day and whether you are actively enjoying valentine's day or not um it doesn't really matter but now you need to really make this decision um <laughs> in 3 days uh, yeah, on top of adding to the uh, trauma that is Valentine's Day, <laughs> you, the the pressure of like FOMO. It's very real this time. Yeah, it feels yeah. worse this time than the others. Because yeah. hey, you know we have a secret layer coming out. Uh, this is going to be available at the end of the month. Here are the secret layers. They're going to be presented this way. That that feels way better of a announcement way better of a kind of a product cadence and our expect you know setting our expectations than hey we have this world's thing here's you know the secret layer you have three days you know good luck yeah i think that uh like even you can so my thing is i think wizards of the coast is really focusing very very hard on the secret element of secret layer and they're but it by dropping this one without much notice, we are looking at basically super secret layer. <laughs> and it's just, hold on, I was thinking. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I, what I was ta talking to you about in the pre-show was that Wizards is doing this thing where they're creating an artificial level of demand by um, creating, creating this, very limited supply. And instead of limiting the supply like they used to um, with like, for example, Commander's Arsenals where a store might get two if they're lucky, they are creating a very narrow window for these things to be acquired. And while it is like counteracting some of the like bad experience from not being able to get a thing from your store, it's creating the bad experience of there's this thing and I just literally missed it because I wasn't on Facebook or like I wasn't on Twitter for the weekend. You know, I was spending, I was spending the weekend with my loved ones and not on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's kind of seeping into the other areas of the IP. I mean, you made a really good point about um, arena as well with the um, announcement that they made about um, uh, ranked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is something that they've been doing for a long time on arena where the new set will be available for ranked draft for a little bit, but then it'll revert to something else. It, I believe it's throne of Eldraine now instead of Theros and they're doing it to create this rush on Theros. Like if you want to make mythic playing Theros, you have to spend, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day climbing a ladder for, you know, two weeks before it switches back to a format that you may not like or may not be as good at. So, oh, so somebody's saying it's uh, Guilds of Ravnica, which is... Oh. <laughs> yeah. What? So, so, yeah, it's just really crappy because if you want to play 
Theros, you have to play traditional, which is just the traditional format being five matches is just so long. And if you want to climb the ladder, you have to play whatever crappy format there is. And woe betide if you never really got the hang of like the aggro style of Guilds of Ravnica and you are like getting really good at Theros. <laughs> yeah, chat is like, <laughs> chat is chat is wild right now. Uh, I'm just trying to catch up. Now I know why you were laughing, but uh, yeah, more, more, less secret, more lair. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's apt. Charlie, order 15 secret layers. I'm calling the police. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I really, really hope that they don't continue this. Like, pick a, a like pick a way to reveal these. Stay with that um, expectation and stay with it. Like, don't. I don't know because I, I was, you know, and I made my comments that, you know, you're kind of omitting players, and this is, you know, a, a um, kind of a rushed and a rustish decision. But apparently they said that they're going to try it like this. So I I don't know. I really hope that they they learn from this, if anything, and we just go back to uh, the way they were revealed before. Because, I, again, I can't say enough that I love Secret Lair. I love that they can do different things with these. Um, and then we have, like, these amazing uh, interpretations, like the Year of the Rat. You have the Goblin stuff, where it's, like, really different. Um, I don't know. This just doesn't feel good the way that they implemented this specific layer. Yeah, I I think that uh, in the chat, Charlie's making a good point. It fully ignores the local game store level of the infrastructure that Wizards of the Coast has really built magic around. Because, like, I personally am not going to keep an eye on Twitter to line up for a secret layer. I think, literally, it could only be secret layer books. And that's it. Uh, and even then I might just wait to buy the singles because I, it's not how I want to spend my time. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm, and yeah, that's the thing. Me personally, with a lot of skin in, skin in the secret layer books game would probably know just because so many people would tell me on Twitter. Um, but I think that you're going to get to a point where people are just going to start ignoring these because they're not interesting anymore. They're not special anymore. And it's exhausting, frankly, to try to keep up with these. That's a really good point. And I, I think it would be alleviated if they, again, stayed with the specific release cadence, the way, you know, the structure, the way they announce these, you kind of get an expectation. And if you don't, you know, you have the time to make the decision. If you don't want it or you don't, you know, want to scrounge up the money or, you know, have the money available on that certain day, fine. But to do it like this, you're compounding the issue of there, this is already pretty hard to keep up with. And now you're, you're 100% correct. And I'm glad that you brought that up. That's if you're not on Twitter or if you're not following worlds, you're doing whatever, you don't have any access to this rather, you know, maybe a friend sends you a text or something or lets you know, and that's your only, out into finding out about this. Yeah, and like, um, as Mike said in the chat, that's when they'll hit us with something awesome. But even if they hit us with something awesome to like reel us back in when we're super tired of it, I don't think that'll be good enough at that point. I think it'll just be like, 
Yeah. Um, Charlie notes that a couple of LGSs are buying some of their sets just to have. And that's great that they will have them available for people to buy. But like, why are you skipping the wholesale step, wizards? Like, just because, you know, shop owners are probably buying them from the drops anyway. So, like, it just blows my mind that that is being completely erased when you could literally just have people order it and have it sitting there to be released on the same time as the online is released. Yeah. And, and you brought it up in pre-recording. And the only other parallel that I could have drawn was the commander arsenal, which you kind of hinted at um, because you had the discussion. And I think a uh, shout out to, to Jeremy, Missouri MTG on Twitter. I, I think that's still the. Panel, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you're, you're pretty much leaving LGS is out in the cold. Like you're legitimately, you have nothing to even promote on that side. Right. Like if it wouldn't feel so bad and, you know, like you said, the, the LGSs are buying these anyway. So you can't just have like an LGS specific one of these or it could even still be a secret layer. It doesn't even matter. Or or something like the commander's arsenal, which was I don't know how long ago now, maybe six years. It was several years, years ago. Know. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It feels like um, and you're absolutely right. Like stores maybe received one of them. They were they were just as scarce. And um, I, I think if there was something still along those lines these days, it would feel like, hey, at least, you know, they're still giving us something. And there's there's a note um, from the player slash consumer side that LGSs have a bad history of screwing buyers with these limited cards. That's Mike and chat once more. And I think that's fair from mm -hmm. the player side. I remember when like limited edition products were marked up to two to three times. Yeah. The thing is though, I don't really think that's the case anymore. A lot of like, especially since there's such a high quantity of limited edition stuff now and the option to buying it online, um, like stores have to behave a little bit more. And even then, like what's the problem with stores marking up something so highly because they're not making money on a lot else these days. That's an Just excellent saying. point. Yeah. Um, so at the very least, you know, we'll try to counteract our critiques. If you had to rank these um, personally or more specifically for like commander um, casual purposes, how would you rank these? Okay. So personal is Thassa. Mostly because Zephara is the only book card among the 15. Um, but also Thassa is one of my favorite commanders because of the possibility for like blue aggro. And uh, then I think the best one for commander is probably the Heliod one. Because Heliod and Karametra are both popular commanders. Uh, Eros is also like probably the most casual of all of them. But... Uh, I like that one. And then probably the black one is the black one, the one with uh, Fainax in it. It has, yes, it has to be. And Athreos. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, the black one realistically is probably, like, it's, it's, it might be above Heliod, actually. But so those ones, and then probably red. Uh, like, the, the red and the, green one are like the lowest tier and like realistically oh. 
blue is also down there. <laughs> um, whatever has crufix is going to be like after black and white. Yeah, I think I'm intend to agree. I'd probably put Thassa and Erebos like one A and one B. Um, and then, I mean, I, I think personally, Nylea is okay because you know Xenagos gets um, a fair amount of play. Actually, I'd probably ah, uh, it might be the next most popular out of all of the rest. Like maybe neck and neck with Karametra. Um, so I don't know. The the rest can kind of just <laughs> fall in place after that. Yeah. So I think I think the red and the green are the bottom two, and then. Mm. Um, in terms of playability, it's going to be black, white, and blue in the top. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh yeah, uh, Efren just posted a wonderful spreadsheet showing the non-foil and foil market prices of all of the gods that are in the uh, in the drop, and got it from Reddit. But you know, it's concentrated in one place so if you are not supporting us on patreon yet do that and you'll have access to the wonderful resources provided not only by Chaz and i but also especially by the wonderful people on our discord yeah absolutely um i'm glad this does have like if i were to go ahead and so if you didn't want to spring for the bundle um i think morgan's list or you know ranking is definitely good like i would i would consider those um i think if you want to try you want to try to go for the bundle because if for whatever reason you don't end up using it or you just want to like stash it away as a as a you know product to kind of sit on um the bundles i i do feel like um have the best longer term value um rather than the individual yeah i agree with that and like the nice thing about the bundles is they balance out the price pretty well just because yeah. you are getting more cards for your money. So you're more likely to have like high value cards and low value cards. It's kind of like opening a box rather than buying a pack, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and if down the road, you know, for anyone that does not purchase these, um, it's just, it's just easier to just get the bundle. I think, you know? If they're if yeah. they're out there trying to trying to get tr to purchase this product because they missed it, um, they'd they'd most likely be interested in the in the bundle. Um, so to reiterate the prices, um, there's five volumes, uh, thirty nine ninety nine per individual volume, or there's a bundle of all five um, for one forty nine ninety nine, um, and that's all uh, shipping not included. And you do receive uh, the arena. Um, sleeves so there's going to be a code for all of the sleeves in the bundle um and then each of the volumes have their own individual um pertaining to that one is there mtgo one this time around i'm not seeing that i don't think there is yeah it makes sense <laughs> i couldn't even give not for nothing i, I couldn't even give the mtgo once away that was so <laughs> sad no I, it's true i think they're gonna exp going to legitimately expire so if you, I mean, if you rock MTGO, let me know. I don't need. I do not. Now, I don't either. <laughs> so I, I legitimately could not even give them away. Like I, I messaged the, like I was like, hey, you know, I have the MTG Arena and MTGO uh, codes. I'm gonna give them away. You know, I did the reach, you know, the thing on Twitter. Someone won. 
I let them know. They took the, they're like, yeah, just give me the arena code. And then I tried to like give away the others. I messaged the person and they didn't even respond. They didn't even reply. Oh my goodness. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely funny. Um, so we have some really good questions. So let's get to those before we wrap up here. We try to, uh, scroll back to these. Okay. Um, question with the collector's edition printings. So this is by Lockheed. Really good question here with the collector's edition printings seeming to be the norm. Now, what can we expect for the next move to be in terms of when does Watsi stop making these types of products? Like they stop masterpieces, etc. I think that these are a little bit different than masterpieces in that the masterpieces had to be like 15 to 25 in some sort of cohesive theme where like, sure, there were 15 cards in this one, but there were like four cards in the year of the rat or five cards. Um, so it takes less uh, real estate in Magic's history to make these than it does to make a um, like a masterpiece addition to a set. Um, so I think that that was one of the reasons that they stopped doing masterpieces and that won't be one of the reasons that they stopped doing the like collection um, secret layer products this time. Yeah, and to further, um, yeah, I don't think the storyboard frames or the extended art or anything like that um, is going anywhere anytime soon. It's um, much to the points Morgan just made. It's easier for them to do that. They just pick like a curated 30 of them or what have you. Um, and they just, you know, they have the different uh, style, whether it be storyboard or constellation, or they just simply extend the art. Um, the masterpieces, Morgan's absolutely right. They had to kind of come up with a theme. Um, and then how many times can you come up with like a lands thing? So you just like keep rehashing the same lands. Um, I think that's why, yeah, that's definitely why that tapered off quickly. Um, and something like the storyboard frames or the constellations and the collector's edition boosters and stuff like that will probably be around for a while. Yeah. And then um, speaking of story, storybook cards, Efren asked if they should sell or keep a foil storybook brazen borrower and Noting that I already own my copy of Foil Storybook Brazen Borrower, you should keep it. It's very, very pretty. Uh, and so, like, I think that these collections are going to be more and more common just because, like, it's something that wizards can do very easily outside of their core sets. And so I think that's just going to keep going because it's also addressing issues that some people have had in the past where card availability just isn't there. Or at least like surface level, it's addressing that. In reality, they're all they're they're addressing limited product with more limited edition product. So I'm not sure how like much that's actually going to address the problem, but they can say it is. Yeah. The follow-up question, so uh, again Lockheed, um masterpieces are quote unquote modern reserve list. Is this still the case? Are these cards treated like this? Um I don't think to like yet I don't think overall but there are exceptions. I think now specifically instead of just everything is going to end up uh becoming like a commander staple version that you try to include into your deck over other versions. Um I think it's now strictly are these cards 
used and constructed or are they, you know, the commander sought after card? You know, I don't think it's like, I don't think all of them um, have the upside that the masterpieces have. Yeah. And I think that, gosh, I wish that Wizards of the Coast would do more in terms of like collecting cards as well for people who don't play a constructed format, because I think that printing interesting cards would still be cool. I don't think that's going to happen though, because a lot of the demand for cards is driven by the people who are building decks. Yeah. Uh, to further add to that, like um, Seth uh, at Saffron Olive actually posted a really um, informative tweet about the extended or you know the extended version of the card specifically are almost the same price, if not the same price as the normal versions. So in most cases, it's just you you might as well just buy the extended art version. Yeah. Um. So that might just be the norm. Um. With the foils kind of legitimately just whatever demand that they have if any so I, I don't know really where that ends up but i don't think they're in pretty the same category now there are exceptions like oko um like i kind of mentioned um that there are going to be exceptions um and the one that you just brought up uh morgan like brazen borrower stuff like that where it's legitimately used and constructed as opposed to illegitimately used and constructed like cheaty face yeah is oh by the way morgan is is your brazen borrower a rare or mythic I believe it's a mythic, but I haven't looked at it in a little oh, bit. Okay. It, it is a mythic. Me. Oh, okay, good. That's good. I, I'm glad that the rarity wasn't messed up on that card. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't actually I haven't looked in a while, but uh, the lore was uh you know, folks didn't think that card was was mythic quality. Ah, I got you. Uh yeah. I yeah, uh Autumn Burchett official post, lore. I think it was Autumn who posted that uh, Brazen Borrower is like a remand that always draws a creature or like a Vendillion click. And I think that's the best summary of Brazen Borrower. Yeah. Yeah. It was Autumn. And yeah, that's like the most well-constructed uh, way to evaluate Brazen Borrower that I've seen. It's absolutely 100% true. So great on Autumn. Um, trying to find. Okay. Um, I think I'm not seeing any. Okay. Um, also, at one point, do people stop opening regular draft packs or booster boxes while they are printing collector's boosters simultaneously? If the value of each regular pack is almost worthless when they have the concurrent alternate printing, why would you sink money into non-premium boosters? Aside from the one or two chase cards, how could Box EV make it worth it to open regular packs boosters going forward? That's a really good question. Oh, um, God. Uh that person has not felt dopamine hits in a very long time. If you're asking that question. Uh, so I speaking as someone who hasn't opened a booster since I won one at MTG Richmond, I want to say uh, <laughs> like outside of drafting. I think that like you can't discount the amount of people who don't have 25 to $30 to drop on a on a booster pack um who want to open boosters i think that booster packs are kind of part of the experience of playing magic the gathering for a lot of people who are not value driven or not expected value driven nearly as much as you know the people who take part on this discord are and that's okay uh, additionally i think booster packs have a lot of functionality one of my friends is planning ha on having 
Throne of Eldraine booster drafts at their fairy tale themed wedding. So I'm saving my Throne of Eldraine booster packs for whenever that is. They're not getting married uh, <laughs> anytime soon. But so I think there are reasons to buy regular booster packs. I think it is a very real concern that the value of booster packs for people who aren't doing it for the dopamine is almost zero. Yeah, I think that last part rings true with me, but I'm much in the same thought um, line of thought that you are, that just because the, like, while the value might diminish um, or, yeah, short of, like, cracking open, like, an Oko or something like that in a future set or the Chase Mythic or something like that, um, just because the collector's boosters and the higher-end product exist uh, doesn't mean that it's going to 100% cannibalize like the regular booster packs because, um, yeah, I mean, Morgan's absolutely right. Any new player or any even existing players um, that budget or, you know, that have a certain budget or just want to get into the game, they're not looking at $25, $30 collector's boosters to jump into the game. Like they're going to be, you know, buying singles or what have you, or how, you know, buying boosters, like, or you want to get a gift for somebody, you know, and you don't really want to buy, you know, five collector's boosters. You'd rather just buy the five regular boosters or something like that. Like, I I, I don't, I think regular boosters are going to be sticking around. I, I just feel like they want to have an option available for every kind of player. and you know, and they're going to keep releasing that until it's not successful. Anymore. But I, I don't think, you know, regular boosters are going anywhere. Um, okay, okay. Did Morgan get one of every storybook frame card since the whole card looks like a book? I have not inventoried it, but that is the goal. Yes, every storybook card went on my list of cards to acquire from Throne of Eldraine. Nice. Um... Any other questions? I think we covered everything, uh, Morgan. So I, I think to kind of sum it up, the the layer itself, whether the whether I agree with the way they've released this and announced this, um, will likely be successful. I think if you're going to look at this um, as something that you want to stash away or preserve as a um, specialty product, the bundle is probably you know, while it is considerably more expensive, is probably the better buy. Uh, they do sell. I, I think they have a higher success rate at selling, and they they sell a bit better um, after the fact when these are going to be inevitably over in a couple of days. Um, but if you want to not spring for the bundle, then Morgan's ranking is definitely good. I don't know. I like Secret Lair. I hope they can. I like. I want this to be something that sticks around. I just I, want folks to be like excited and for them to like kind of stay with a certain expectation. So I really loved Secret Layer, like the cat Secret Layer, where they had a magic artist who doesn't really fit the like overall look of magic cards, reimagining the cards. Uh, Constellation gods make a lot of sense and they're very on theme, but it's not. It's not that different from what what we already have. Sure. Um, so I hope that we go more back, like left to like styles that are outside of magic style. 
So you'd you'd want them to be all baseline that like another layer of uniqueness, um, like in the the way that they even treated the alternate art uh, planeswalkers. You'd like to see pretty much every layer be something totally off theme. I'd like, like to see and and- something where like they can't put it into an actual set. Yeah, like sure. so like super stylized cards is uh an example that biospark put in the chat and is absolutely right yeah i agree i'd like to see that too i really i would love for them to revisit um the style of the alternate art planeswalkers uh mostly just for anyone that has played games in like the past couple of decades um you know thinking back they were artists uh some of which that you know created art for various video games namely you know even the final fantasy series i would love yeah and then you had the the um year of the rat where they were all um i think japanese based artists i'm not entirely sure don't quote me on that but yeah they were entirely different and i loved it like the ink guys looked incredible i i would love to to see them continue that wait so you don't think like the constellation theme is enough this time for this no and like i don't think that for example john avon avon fetchland secret layer uh uh, as efren was suggesting is enough either because it's just a magic artist doing magic cards and i love it don't get me wrong magic art is my favorite part of the game but it's just not where like i want my super exclusive LGS killing promo sets to be. Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Do did you pick a champion for worlds, Morgan? Uh no, I did not. If I had to vote, it would be Andrea Manguchi. Yeah, I don't remember who I picked now. I guess we'll figure that out. We're both um, on so- team Andrea Manguchi. All right, there we go. Um, so Worlds is happening as we speak. Uh, Morgan, this was a great cast. I think we covered everything. So, um, yeah, that's going to about do it for this episode, or this volume, rather. Hey, okay, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got him. If, if you have not seen um, Morgan, you have a co- Kofi. Am I even saying that right? Kofi? I think it's just coffee, just, but I don't know. Coffee. That makes sense. Wow, I'm... I am way out of the terms these days. <laughs> that is that makes a lot of sense. Um, so if you want to check that out, go over to um, at Morgan tries on on Twitter. Yeah, I've uh, I've started doing event photography at Magic Fests. My next one is Magic Fest Detroit. Hit me up if you want candid pictures taken of you while you are playing Magic or. Uh, Nobody's taking me up on this one, but like hanging out with your friends. I love to like creep around and take pictures of people doing things. <laughs> well, they uh, they come out great. They really do. Um, so check that out. Um, and uh, that's about it for this uh, episode. So we will see you all next time. Morgan, it's been awesome. Have a great day, guys. Take care, everyone.